Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of What's Good. Greg Meskel here with you, my guest today. If you follow women's college volleyball, one of the best to do it over the last 10 years, Catherine Plummer, the former Stanford Cardinal. Catherine, thanks for stopping by. Of course, thank you for having me. So you were in this weird situation. We're all in a weird situation during this pandemic, but you were in Italy. You're playing professional volleyball for your club Monza near Milan, and then everything comes to a halt, and Italy is one of the places where people did not want to be at that time. How did you handle the end of your season abruptly and getting home and all that stuff? Yeah, so like you said, Italy was definitely not a place that I wanted to be. Um, the first case came in like the end of February in Italy. Um, and so I had been there for about a month at that time. I started in January. And it like started kind of slow and then just ramped up really fast. Um, and being there as an American that doesn't speak Italian, this is a tough spot to be because I don't know the language. I'm always the last one to get information. Stuff gets lost in translation. So it was tough. Um, but when the U.S. put a travel ban on Europe, I was like, okay, I think I should probably leave because I don't know if there will be flights that are leaving or coming in anytime soon. And so I just kind of want to be somewhere that I know I'll be safe, which is in California. And so that was kind of my thought process of getting out. Um, but while I was there, it was crazy. Like you had to have a slip to go to the grocery store. You had to have proof of residence. You had to have all this stuff. So if you got stopped by the police at any time, like you had proof of why you were out of your home. Um, and so that was a different lifestyle that I've not ever been accustomed to before. And so it was definitely an experience, but I'm glad to be home. And then, was that journey home a nervous one? Is it kind of an eerie feeling at the airport as you're making your way back? Was it multiple flights? Yeah, so I went from a small airport in Milan to Frankfurt, Germany, and then Frankfurt to LAX. Um, but honestly, I think it's scarier that like at the airport, nothing was different. It was kind of, it was eerie in that way because I was expecting it to be like very tough restrictions, like custom difficult but it was like the easiest experience I've had at an airport on an international flight in a really long time. I, I had the same feeling. I was doing college basketball on the East Coast and coming back West right as everything was starting to shut down with the U.S. sports leagues. And the weird thing, it was one of the most enjoyable flying experiences of my life. Everything was so relaxed. The plane was half empty, but then that feeling of dread sets in the next week or two. Yeah, my flight from Frankfurt to LA was pretty crowded. Um, and there were a bunch of Americans on that flight because I think they had probably the same idea as I did was just get out of Europe. Um, and so we, I had two people that were like from 20 minutes from where I live, like sitting right next to me. So it was enjoyable for me. So you only had a little bit of a taste of this professional volleyball lifestyle with the club, but Prior to things ending, what, what was that experience like? And, and are you excited to get back and do it again once everything returns to normal? Yeah, it really was amazing. challenging being away from home and experiencing a different culture and trying to figure out like the game you're so accustomed to in a different language. Um, but the Italian league is one of the best in the world. And so I'm lucky to be able to experience that, um, play with some of the best girly, be coached by the best coaches, um, and so that was fun. And I think I learned, I was only there for two months, like I said, but I think I was at a high learning curve just because I was forced into it and I had to figure it out. Um, and I'm excited. Uh, I don't know when this is, when the club seasons are going to start again, but I'm excited to get back out there. I haven't played legitimate volleyball in a very long time. So we're 
all of us are excited to get back to it. That was my next question. And you can go on a run or you can do some other home gym work, but how are you staying volleyball ready? I was watching a video that April Ross posted where she built something in her backyard where she kind of hits it, runs under her net, and then gets it back again. How are you staying volleyball ready? Yeah, so I have workouts from the national team, um, and they provided me some equipment. I only live about 20 minutes away from our facility, so I, when I was done with my self-quarantine, when I got back from Italy, I could grab some equipment and bring it back to my garage at home. So I have that, and so I work out quite a bit. Um, I, I've done a similar thing to April, where I like built this frame with a uh, plywood, and like I take it out in my street and hit against it. Um, but yeah, I think there's nothing that you can really get you in volleyball shape other than playing volleyball. Um, so it's tough, but trying to stay as much as possible right now. A lot of people have compared this feeling of not being able to play a little bit like an injury, even though you're not hurt. You went through some of that in your senior year at Stanford where you missed the middle of that season. Was there anything you learned from that time that you've been able to apply now to kind of help stay positive as you wait to get back on the court? Definitely. I think when I was out during my senior year, it was a challenge just because I had such high expectations to finish my senior, senior career and Stanford career on top. Um, and so it was tough because I was seeing things from a place I'd never seen it before. Like I was on the bench, like not being able to play. And so that was a tough spot. But I think I learned that you can get better in other ways, like even when you're not playing volleyball. So like you can become a better teammate. And so I saw the game from a different perspective when I was on the side of the court. Um, and I helped younger kids play at a high level because they had to step up. So I think now, like, I'm kind of doing that same thing. So I'm watching a lot of film. So it's an outsider's perspective. I'm doing a lot of Zoom calls with teams, with young girls playing club volleyball and trying to kind of mentor them the best I can. Um, but yeah, I think it's a challenging spot to be injured or <laughs> be in quarantine. But there's always ways to like look at it from a different perspective. And I think when I came back after my injury, I was such a more, I was at the top of my game because one, I was fresh and two, I like had established these relationships with my teammates that made the transition that much more simpler um, because I got insight into like what other people were experiencing and that just helped me become a better teammate yeah watching you during those those matches when you were out you were like an extra coach there on the bench kind of pull, pulling over some of the hitters giving some thoughts some advice is is there a common theme that kind of developed you know what whether it was during that injury time or during your zoom calls now with clubs things that you found yourself sharing the most yeah i think just kind of I think my theme that I would say is we use it in the national team and stay in the fight. So like when I was talking to my teammates um, during a match and they couldn't see what was happening on the other side of the court, but I could, and they were struggling, I'd be like, okay, stay with it. Like you got this, this is what you can do. This is what's open. Um, like this is what your teammates need from you, blah, 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 blah. And so when I'm talking with the zoom calls, like a bunch of girls and club directors, reach out to me and like, we're really struggling during this time. Like we're losing our motivation. How can you help these people? And so my advice is just like, stay in it, try to do as much as you can. And like, if during this time, if you don't miss volleyball, I think that says a lot. Um, and if you go back and like, you're like, okay, like the break was 
pretty good actually. That kind of says like, oh, does this really what I want to be doing? That's my opinion at least. Like I'm craving volleyball right now. So that makes, that shows me how much I love it. Um, and so I think like being able to just stay in it and find that extra motivation and like that extra gears to why you want to play is really important. What, what is the thing that you're missing most right now about being back on a volleyball court? I think just like being with my teammates and experiencing like the highs and lows because volleyball is literally a game like every point ends on a mistake pretty much and so it's either you or the other team making a mistake and so there's highs and lows and momentum changes and just like kind of that that ebb and flow of the game is something that like I crave and I'm, I'm definitely missing that right now. It's interesting you phrase it that way and, and that's you know probably the competitor in you coming out. I, I think when I watch volleyball the points come and, and certainly there are mistakes right there are mishits and things like that but I think as I'm thinking about on watching it, the points come from just this, this excellent execution on a kill or something like that. But it sounds like from the competitive standpoint, you feel like if we ever allowed a point, we messed up. Yeah, I think I kind of have that idea. Um, and it's easier to say when you're not playing, because sometimes <laughs> like when you're playing, you're like, okay, that was a good hit, like bravo to you. Uh, but when you're not in it, you're like, okay, like if I really – take a step back and look at this like I know like I scout the other team and know what they're gonna do and if they do something that's like I was prepared for then I don't know maybe I should be prepared a little bit more um and it's way easier to say when you're not playing in a game because things happen in a game that are just unpredictable but it's kind of like baseball like it's a game of errors and you gotta 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 go through it to figure it out outside of the the injury time during your senior year you were in this span of just non-stop volleyball right you're 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 team usa last summer into the stanford season into club how do you rebuild that momentum how does this time kind of challenge your resiliency to get back to to where you were where you were just locked in volleyball every day yeah that's a tough one because since i was 11 10 years old like volleyball i was go 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 um, and so honestly, I'm taking this time and like, I'm very appreciative of it because I've, I'm experiencing something that like, isn't normal to me and it's very foreign, but it's allowed me to like rest my body, um, get stronger in areas that I need to get stronger in, um, like allowing me to do things in the weight room that like I wouldn't be able to do if I was constantly in season. So I'm like breaking down things to build it up. Um, and so like, I'm taking it as a positive just because I can like better myself in other ways, even when I'm not playing volleyball. Um, and I kind of think of it as this. So like after the national championship, my senior year, I didn't play from the end of the national championship to like the beginning of Jan the middle of January. Um, I didn't play like a legitimate game. Um, and I think that was super beneficial for me going into my first club season in Italy uh, because I was coming off fresh and I, had done things to prepare outside of volleyball. And I think that's kind of the same situation that I'm in now. You mentioned your time with Team USA and, and of course, spending time with them last summer in different camps and competitions. What's, what's the road ahead look like for you as far as the national team goes? Obviously, Olympics pushed back a year. Are you working on making a push for that team? Is there a longer goal ahead? What's kind of your timeline with Team USA? Yeah, so I think that – 
going to Olympics is always a goal. Um, and like, I've had that goal since I first started playing volleyball. And so I'm definitely going to push for it. Um, I'm not sure if Tokyo is in the cards. Maybe it is, maybe it's not, but um, I'm going to keep grinding and see if I can get to the Olympics one day. And I think that my road in volleyball is a lot longer than like I see it maybe. Um, so I have a plan. Like I want to play indoor volleyball and go to the Olympics. And I have always said that I want to go to the Olympics and beach volleyball as well. And so I don't know how long that will be, but we'll see. <laughs> Same, same path. Carrie Walsh took nothing wrong with that, right? A little, a little indoor Olympics, a little beach Olympics. Your dad writes this great article for Volleyball Mag kind of reflecting on your volleyball journey. And it was uh, very prophetic because now we're in this time where we are able to reflect. When you read what he writes, is that like, oh, dad, like you're, you're telling our story or is it, is it a nice moment when you, when you read that stuff? What immediately comes to mind? I think when I first read it, Honestly, I didn't even know that he was writing it. My teammate at Stanford was like, dude, your, your dad just wrote this amazing article. And I woke up to it and read it and it was awesome. Um, but I think like my first reaction was, oh my gosh, like the experiences that I've had from this sport and the people that I've gotten to meet. And that wasn't even half of the people in that article. Like that is so awesome to me because volleyball is such this small, tight knit, but like huge world. Um, and, like, to be able to be a part of that and meet incredible new people is something that, like, I'm so grateful for volleyball because of that. Um, and that just shined a little bit of light on that. And then your career, as it comes to a close at Stanford, and, and you look at the accolades, the, the three NCAA championships, I mean, you can't really write it better. I guess four titles would have been best, right? But three is pretty good. Player of the year, awards, all of that stuff. You're ineligible for some of that stuff because of the injuries your senior year. But has this given you time to kind of pause and reflect? Someone as motivated as you, I know, is on to the next thing, club and the national team, and then the next thing after that. When you think about the last four years on the farm, what, what kind of comes to mind? How do you reconcile all this greatness that you were a part of? Yeah, I think that me and my teammates, like we didn't really understand like the enormity of what we were doing um, while we were in it. And I think now we're like, oh my goodness on these Zoom calls, everyone introduces us, introduces us as three-time national champions. And you're like, and that's really cool. Um, and it would have been cooler to be four, but any, like you said, that I think like, I honestly don't even think it's set in quite yet. Um, but the thing that I take away from Stanford the most is just like the relationships and the people that I got to meet. Um, because yeah, volleyball is an amazing sport. And like you said, like I'm always going on to the next thing and trying to get the next thing. Um, but like, I don't play volleyball to get the accolades or like to be seen in this huge way. Like I just play volleyball cause I like it. And if I end up having success and it's, that's great. Like that's awesome. Um, and to be seen in like a light where people think I deserve awards. That's great. But like my team, at Stanford, like, helped me do that, and, like, I wouldn't be able to do anything without them, so. When you think back to your time on the court, and this is, you know, a, a perfect set to you delivering a perfect kill happens quite often in your time, but what does that feel like? When it is exactly as you'd like it to be, is, is there a specific feeling that comes to mind? Do you, do you sense it developing, 
you know, as the set is coming, do you already have a feeling? I know where this block is. I know where the defense is and I know how this is going to go. What does that in a perfect world feel like? Yeah. In a perfect world, it feels like you're just like riding a wave. Um, because like as a hitter, I can see things that are happening. Like I don't hit, I don't usually touch the first two balls um, if I'm playing in the front row. And so kind of seeing the play develop is something that most people don't get to see. Um, and usually when it's an ideal situation, our setter, Jenna Gray, she's setting me like a perfect ball when there's one to zero blockers up. Um, and that's happened quite a, quite a bit. And it makes it super easy to score. And, like, we just feel in complete rhythm and, like, nothing could stop it. Um, and then to, like, hear my teammates behind me, like, call shots open for me. Like, that's, like, the best feeling. Because you're like, okay, these people have my back and, like, we're doing this together. And, like, to be able to do that repeatedly is something really cool. One other thought there on, you know, on, on, on when you're going for a hit. Um, you know, as you're, as you're rising up, right, you're getting ready to hit this ball, as, as someone who is not athletic – I imagine almost like a slow motion sequence. If you can picture like one of the Terminator movies or something where like you as the hitter is like analyzing, like, like weak, weak defender block is not there. Like, is there a mental checklist you're rolling through very quickly as you're about to hit where you're identifying what could happen and then you deliver the high percentage outcome? Yeah, for sure. So I think the first thing that comes to mind is like, where's the block? Um, if you have a seam, like, go for the seam, rip the seam. Um, if you have one blocker, like, your setter did her job in getting you one blocker, so you better, like, figure it out. Um, and then, like like you said, we scout players that might be weaker. Or they might have some flaws that we can exploit. And so, like, that also comes to mind like, right away. You're like, okay, if I could hit it to this seam, I know these two defenders are the weakest that'll probably have a better chance of scoring. And so like those things go in your mind like very fast, but at the same time, like when you're doing it, you're not really thinking about it because like in practice, you're thinking about it. Like you're like, okay, if I could work on this day in and day out, like before the match, like it'll kind of be a no brainer during the game. Last month you did a trivia night on your Instagram account for, I know something that you're, uh, trying to raise awareness about hunger and, and fighting hunger. Just tell me a little bit about that and why that was important to you. Yeah. So it was for an organization called hunger, not impossible. Um, and it's important to me because before the pandemic, like I think it was 4 million people or something like that in the United States were going hungry every day. Um, and then after the pandemic, it's people losing their jobs, restaurants are closed, so resources are just not as accessible. And so I think it was important for me to like show that a program can, everyone pretty much has a phone. And so if you could set up using your phone to get food for one day, like that's awesome. Um, and to be able to raise money, like even a small amount um, during the trivia night, it, it was awesome. And like, I'm just glad that I was able to give back to a little bit. That's excellent. Catherine, we end our interviews with the same three questions to everybody. They are, what's something you've done for yourself recently? What's something you've done for someone else recently? And what's something that legitimately made you laugh out loud recently? And so we start with, what's something recently you've done for yourself? Um, last weekend, I did like a little spa day. So I like made a steam for my face, did a face mask, did all the, all the fun girly stuff. <laughs> 
Self-care is important. It's trending all the time, but especially now you really have to pause and take care of yourself, even if you feel like nothing is going on. Yes. What's something recently you've done for someone else? So I really like to cook. Um, And so me and my brother have kind of been like trading off with the cooking nights. And so I made a meal for my family that I learned in like a cooking class that I took last summer. And so that was something I did for my family. What was the meal? I made bolognese. Okay. And what was the reaction? Everyone approve? Two thumbs up. Two thumbs up. (laughs) I don't know if they were saying that just because they had to, but I thought it was good. (laughs) Yeah, guys, uh, it's either this or nothing. So yeah. (laughs) Uh, And lastly, what's something that really made you laugh out loud recently? Um, The other night, my family and I had like a game night and we played Cards Against Humanity, which is a game that is not appropriate, but is very, very funny. And so that had, had us all laughing out loud. Uh, That's good. Well, sounds like a positive uh, couple of weeks for you here, Catherine. Taking care of yourself, feeding the family, and playing some games. Really appreciate you taking some time and looking forward to seeing you back on the volleyball court very soon. Thank you so much. 